You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarlane. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Hey, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name is Steve Bo. So great to be back with you recording this show on a cold, rainy, freezing, I'd even say, Tuesday in Western New York. I mentioned on the last show I am accepting applications for the relocation of HR Happy Hour HQ2, much like Amazon. I'm looking for submissions for cities in sunny, warm regions to relocate to, especially before this winter. So keep them coming. I'm talking about you, Tampa, specifically. So a uh, couple other quick announcements. I think this is the final time I will announce the HR Tech Conference call for speaking proposals. It's closing very, very soon. Go to www.hrtechconference.com to submit your speaking proposal. We actually had the formal kickoff meeting for HR Tech 2018 recently. I'm super excited about the event in Las Vegas in September. Mark your calendar, September 11th through 14th. 2018. And, and make sure you're checking out the archives of the shows and catching up. We've been pumping out lots of great content on the podcast network. I just did a show last uh, yesterday, Dan Shapiro from LinkedIn, which was fantastic conversation from the guy who runs LinkedIn's talent solution products, which I know lots of folks listen to the show. LinkedIn is a big part of your work and what you do. So it was really interesting to talk to one of the folks responsible for what's happening uh, at LinkedIn from a talent acquisition and talent management perspective. And it was a great guest uh, as well. Super fun show. So check that one out. Finally, uh, email me, tweet me, tweet at HR Happy Hour. Send me an email, steve at h3hr.com. Booking shows out to next year, probably filled up for the rest of 2017 uh, at the rate I've been going. So uh, now we're looking at 2018. But if you have an idea, you, you want to be a guest, uh, you know someone who'd be great for the show, let me know. I would really appreciate that. And finally, of course, could not forget to thank our show sponsor, Virgin Pulse, sponsoring the HR Happy Hour Show since 1977, www.virginpulse.com. Just uh, so happy to be working with them all of 2017 on the HR Happy Hour Show as well. So uh, that's it for announcements. Uh, I feel like the announcements are getting a little boring. I'm going I'm to need to refresh the announcements pretty soon uh, as well. I, I probably need to do something more exciting. I, I probably need to launch that all-NBA podcast I've been teasing for weeks. So uh, maybe we'll do that next week. So... Today's show is really going to be fun and interesting, and um, I get pitched lots and lots of uh, ideas for shows and lots of guests, and I usually say no to just about all of them, and very rarely do I go out and try to pitch someone to come on the show. I it, Usually, so, sort of folks are finding me at this point, but today's guests, I actually pitched them. I read about them, and I thought their idea was really, really cool. And also timely a little bit, given all the things that are happening in work and workplaces. We are going to have folks from a, a company called Bravely, a brand new company that's doing some really interesting things in kind of employee conflict resolution and communication. And I'm going to let them describe what they do. It's a really fascinating idea, really cool, new, I think pretty innovative. And it, it intrigued me when I read about it. So I'm glad they're able to come on. So I'm going to introduce 
both of the founders of Bravely, and then we're going to start uh, talking a little bit about what they're up to and what they're doing and why it's so cool. And I hope you, you think it'll uh, be cool as well. First, we have Toby Hervey. Toby is the CEO and founder of Bravely. Previously, Toby was the first employee and part of the founding team at Pager, a mobile platform for patient engagement and on-demand healthcare. He was the VP of operations and the general manager overseeing the company's national operations group, expansion efforts, and growth initiatives. During Toby's time with Pager, the company raised $30 million in venture financing and built a team of 60 full-time employees based in New York. Before that, Toby directed strategy and business development for several early-stage high-growth companies. Toby's also uh, president of the board of directors for Out in Tech, a nonprofit dedicated to empowering aspiring LGBTQ tech leaders. Toby, uh, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. Great. And um, before we get into talking to you, Toby, we have to introduce your, your found, uh, co-founder, Sarah Sheehan. Sarah spent 11-plus years in human resources in roles at Coach, which is every HR person's favorite company, I think, Sarah, Guilt Group, and SiriusXM, before making a complete career change and eventually running a 65-person sales team at Guilt City. Her experiences in HR and her obsession with figuring out how to retain and engage top talent in her role at Guilt City led her to launching Bravely. Sarah Sheen, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. Hi, thanks for having me. We're excited to be here. Well, thanks for both for being here, Toby and Sarah. It's great great to see you. So, um, yeah, so I was so intrigued, and we talked a couple of weeks ago while we were setting up the show. Uh, I was really fascinated and interested in the story behind what you guys are doing at Bravely. And uh, so maybe we'll just start with a simple question before we talk about specifically what you're doing. Bravely is about helping sort of employees get through conflicts, get through challenges, get through issues at the workplaces. But maybe we'll step back for a second before we talk about the solution and say, like, what is going on at work in our workplaces right now with interpersonal conflicts and strange relationships with managers? I mean, maybe even worse, right? We don't have to get into the litany of, of bad behavior and the workplace stuff that's been in the news constantly lately. I mean, are things getting harder or worse or more stressful for employees like now than they have been in the past? I think the answer to that is yes. Uh, because of what's happening in the media, highlighting stories like what came out of Uber or the Weinstein company, employee trust right. is at an all-time low in terms of you know how they feel about their organizations or companies. Um, and so I think it's making it really difficult for people to take that first step forward um, more so now than ever. I think it's always challenging to go forth and talk about whatever's troubling you in the workplace on, at any level. But now, you know, because of what's happening and, you know, the attention that's being paid to it, I think it's uh, harder for people to think about going forward and talking to their boss or HR business partner. Um, and when they don't do that, we know what happens, right? People's productivity declines. They turn to their neighbor and start talking about their issue, which can damage the team or organization's culture, um, or they eventually end up leaving the company. People will leave a job just to avoid conflict, uh, and, and we're seeing all of this. Uh, I think, you know, it, right now it's a moment in time where we're seeing it more and more. Right, yeah. I, I can never recall seeing yep. so many of these kind of issues uh, coming up one after the other after the other. T Toby, you had you had a comment? Sure. You know, to throw a few a few stats out there, um, the 
the team and the authors behind Crucial Conversations, which is the best-selling book that's a staple for business school students, uh, a lot of law schools. Uh, they, they publish all of these studies around how employees are intimidated or fear crucial conversations or difficult conversations at work. And they said that 70% of employees are facing a difficult conversation with a boss, a coworker, a direct report, and almost a third of them have been holding off on a difficult conversation for at least a month, right? So we've got, which, which you know, based on anecdotal personal experience is spot on. We've got people who have these stressful issues at work something they're not getting out of their workplace or their workplace relationships. And, you know, a lot of us don't necessarily have the skills we need to go forward and tackle them proactively, or it's the first time we're facing something like that and we're not sure where to start. And, and, and I think it's a very intuitive behavior that people sit on those issues and, and don't necessarily do anything about them because uh, they're just not sure how to go about it. Um, and, and it's an issue that we're seeing more and more in, in the press around these really heightened, intense legal problems like harassment, discrimination, and, and they're starting a really important conversation. But there's a lot going on behind the scenes that, that doesn't you know, earn the headlines the, the way some of those cases do. Yeah, Toby, I'd agree. Like, we know we're drawn to those high profile kind of um, uh, really uh, almost like, uh, like, you know, we stare at like like watching a train wreck kind of thing, right? We we, we can focus on them, we can see Mm -hmm. them, we can talk about them. But probably in most workplaces, right, I'd imagine there's lots and lots of other problems and conflicts and challenges and interpersonal things that don't rise to those levels, those kind of egregious, often maybe even criminal levels, right? But are getting in the way of folks, you know, performing at their best, being engaged, being happy in their roles, and, and sort of having the company succeed as well. Absolutely. So let's talk a little those, bit. Go ahead, Sarah. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, and, and those are the things that often go un, uncovered, right? Those are the things that people aren't coming forward to talk about, and those can have an, an actually a much larger impact on the business. Right, because cause they're kind of the everyday things, right? And, and, and after a while, mm-hmm. as, as Toby said, like, we'll wait, we'll we'll hold off, we'll avoid those kind of, I'm bad at this myself. God, I feel like this is like a therapy session for me. Like, I'm terrible at that, right? I've, <laughs> I'll avoid those conflict kind of discussions at all costs sometimes, and I know that's not, not smart. But, I mean, I think some of this kind of gets behind what we wanted to talk about next, and again, why I was so intrigued by what you guys are, are doing at Bravely. I mean, so we've got all these challenges, uh, the things we know, the big things that we see in the news and these kind of – but all the way down to come smaller things of folks just not connecting, not getting along the right way and not dealing with each other themselves. I mean, what, what's been the typical response? I mean, Sarah, you've been years in HR, right? I mean, what's the normal or the typical or the common kind of organizational response or, or remedy to these kinds of issues? And, and, if so, and, and why doesn't it always work? Yeah. So I think the good news is is that most companies are embracing this open dialogue, having crucial conversations, you know, trying to create a level of transparency within the organization so that people feel like they can come forward. Unfortunately, there are always going to be instances or people that just, for whatever the reason, it could simply be that they're an introvert or that they've had a, a, a bad experience at their former company or they've heard from a colleague you know, that they shouldn't go forward for whatever reason, that people will not take that first step. Uh, so I think that you know, HR, for the most part, you know, we, have, we hear these horror stories, but 
I, I know many people in my personal and professional life that work in HR, you know, that are incredible people with a lot of integrity that are doing great work. But by design and because of the, the, the horror stories that we read about that are splashed, sensationalized in the news, it makes it difficult for them to do the job that they set out to do because at the end of the day, you know, the employee often perceives them as, as having only the best interest of the company at heart, whether or not that's true or not. Yeah. And one of the things we've seen is that almost everybody who uses Bravely so, has used Bravely so far is a woman, a person of color, LGBTQ identifying we're seeing a population of folks that, that have questions and stressful moments and issues that are specific to those identities, but also just a greater intimidation or, or fear factor around having these, these difficult conversations. Um, and, and so we see companies that are paying a lot of attention to the diversity of their employee population and investing a lot in, the, in their recruitment efforts, they're you know, developing a diverse talent pipeline, uh, but they're not thinking enough about their inclusion efforts and how to support those folks when they arrive in the organization. They're underrepresented. You know, they they may or may they and because of that lack of representation or or lack of training that their manager or peers might have around workplace culture and and issues. You know, they're they're just having a harder time with these conversations. Yeah, so let's 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 dig into it a little bit. You mentioned some of the the characteristics of folks that are using the platform. So let's talk a little bit about about the platform itself. So uh, let's just you know what is Bravely? What's the solution about? And and maybe just as we dig into it, like what were kind of when you guys got your heads together and said we need to create this thing? Like what brought you to that point too? Because I'm really interested in that as well. Yeah, I can jump in and, and share the origin story. So basically, I've had Bravely my entire career because I've had Sarah in my life. And uh, <laughs> we met pretty early in my tenure at Guilt and um, worked very closely together and became close friends. And so over the years, whenever I've had these sort of workplace questions or have been approaching really tough conversations or, or negotiations at work, Sarah has been Bravely on demand for me. And <laughs> so I... And I was, at, and then I was working in in health tech before on this app called Pager that was on-demand healthcare. So we were all about how do we use our phone to help people when they're sick, when they're injured, when they're in these urgent healthcare moments. And I got a call from a friend one day um, who was having an issue at her job, and she was not getting along with her manager. They just had this tough argument, and she called me, venting, sort of asking. You know, should I go to HR? I don't want to look like a whiner. Should I try to fix things <laughs> with my boss? It doesn't seem likely. Should I just leave and get another job? Like, I like where I work, but it's just not working. And I was like, you have to talk to my friend Sarah. I was like, she's like my pager for HR. And that was a turning point because it, it was just a light bulb moment where I was like, oh, like, it's really helpful to have somebody in your life or somebody you have access to who knows HR, is a really savvy business leader who is frankly like, on your side, but, you know, cares enough about you to push back when you're out of line or, mm -hmm. or challenge some of your assumptions and, and really want to set you up for success. And setting you up for success is not always validating every, you know, everything you might be thinking or every emotion you might be feeling. Uh, and so Sarah and I got together a few days later and I was like, how do we build like a SaaS platform, Sarah as a service, and, and, and put this in the hands of, of everybody at work? And, and, and right, the challenge there, right, is, is is you said that kind of person in your life that doesn't really scale, right? Like, uh, uh, well, not everybody's so lucky to have a Sarah. Yeah, great point <laughs> as well. Yeah, 
And so, and so you sat down, okay, let's put together a platform. Let's build something that, that makes this kind of, this kind of uh, access to people and access to expertise and coaching available to more folks. So, so how does it work? So uh, let's say I'm a company and, and I decide this kind of solution, these, these services, these access to coaches really make sense for me. How does it actually work for folks at that organization when they decide they need some, they need some assistance? So we work very closely with the HR leader or, you know, senior leadership, uh, if there's not HR, to get as much context around that organization, uh, the things that they're working on to improve their culture or maybe even have them give us, like, top-line um, results of their last survey uh, and talk more about, like, what their philosophies are, get their handbook, like get as much information as we can to arm our pros on the other side. And this is, of course, like once we've decided to move forward and partner together. Mm-hmm. And from there, um, you know, they announce bravely as a new resource for their employees. And after they sort of give us the signal that it's, it's been announced publicly, then we send all of their employees a welcome email that gives them a unique link uh, which drives them to sign up with their personal details. So they're no longer attached to their company. And once they create their account, they can easily sign on to our platform and schedule themselves with one of our pros. And when they come onto the platform, we ask them specific questions around whatever they're facing so that we can match them with the right pro who has the skill set you know, to service them properly. Um, and from there, we connect them via a 45-minute phone session where that coach uses um, interest-based conflict frameworks as well as effective communication frameworks to, to walk them through and, and help them sort of figure out like the best next steps based on the outcomes that they're trying to produce. Yeah, thanks for that. Let me do a quick reset, guys. This is the HR Happy Hour Show. My name's Steve Bowes. I, my guests today are Toby Hervey and Sarah Sheehan. They are the founders, co-founders of Bravely, a really new and interesting platform to uh, provide resources for employees to resolve conflicts, get through workplace issues in, in kind of a, um, a, a different way, right? <laughs> in a way that's not just go to HR or complain to your boss, in, in kind of an innovative way as well. Uh, guys, how is this different or how are these services – I mean, and I'm not an expert on this, so I apologize if the question's a little ignorant. But how are these kind of services that you're providing through the Bravely platform – different than, say, I don't know, employee assistant program kinds of things, which are it's because those tend to focus more on like like medical and health issues versus kind of internal workplace things. Is that is that the main difference? Yeah, absolutely. EAP is connecting you generally to a mental health counselor, a psychologist. Um, they're helping you deal with personal problems like uh, personal finance stress, uh, domestic abuse, substance abuse, uh, you know, health issues, that, that might, all of which might be affecting your uh, performance at work, but but are, are personal in nature. So we're connecting you to business coaches, HR professionals, folks that are helping you with skills and, and strategies and uh, communication practices for the workplace and for your relationships with your colleagues, your bosses, and, and your team. Right. So this is the kind of services and, and, and offering to access to experts that in most typical organizations just really don't exist or they certainly don't exist at it, it, scale, it sounds like. I would love to know a little right. bit more, guys, about how you work with these coaches, right, these experts and in, in, in the folks that are actually helping your, 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 
your employees at your clients sort of who are they? I don't mean specifically, but like, what kind of people are they? How do you find them? And uh, how, how do you work with them to make sure, you know, you've kind of got the right people in those roles? Because this is really high touch and, and really important that you've got the right folks uh, on your side. You're absolutely right. They're the, the core of our product, right? So it's essential that we know and feel strongly that they have um, the right experience uh, and skill sets to serve uh, our clients. So most of the, the pros that we have on our end began with um, our own personal network. Fortunately, because I have a background in HR, I was able to quickly identify like you know A players in the space um, mm-hmm. who have then referred others. Uh, since we've launched, we've had um, an extraordinary amount of interest uh, and, and inbound uh, asking us if they can become a Bravely Pro, which is like super validating and exciting for us because mm-hmm. most of them work in the HR space um, and see the value in what we're doing and, and want to contribute outside of their full-time jobs. Um, and so, you know, from the start, from the get-go, we're trying to ensure that anyone that we're working with has at least five years of experience either as an HR business partner or a certified coach that's worked in employer relations um, or around, you know, workplace issues. Um, and from there, we put them through a, a thorough vetting process, and we're trying to um, identify some specific skills that are often some very difficult to, to assess. So um, beyond like doing the typical background check, reference check, making sure that they have the, the relevant experience, we also um, put these cases in front of them and ask us to basically walk us through as, as sort of like a mock session, right. um, you know, what their approach would be. And, and throughout that session, like, we're trying to identify, you know, what, how we feel about their judgment, if they are indicating that they have high EQ, mm-hmm. all of the things which are necessary um, for someone to possess in order to be a great Bravely Pro. Um, you know, they need to be able to ask the right questions to help people get to a decision without telling them what to do. Um, so it's guidance. It's not necessarily, like, specific advice about what they think you should do. Um, it's helping you, like, get to the right conclusion based on all the information that, you, that the employee is providing. Um, and at the end of the day, we want that employee to leave that session having also gained some new skills, right? So it's not all about, like, supporting them and saying, you're doing a great job. It's about saying, you know, if you were to go forward and approach the situation the way that you are right now, it may not be well-received. You know, can you, can you take a step back and see how you're being, like, sort of negative and your boss probably won't be able to hear this information if you present it this way? You know, asking questions like that that allow that employee to then move forward with a, a different perspective and hopefully some new communication skills. Sarah, thanks for that. Yeah, I was thinking was you were you were explaining the process uh, where it, and how it works and sort of what you go through. I, I was reminded of when I first read about you guys and, and what what you're doing at Bravely. It resonated with me because um, I, I, because I thought the idea was great, but I also have a friend, in, in, a fairly good friend, who's having some issues in their their own workplace. And they were turning to me, right? Like Toby, I was trying to be like their Sarah, and that wasn't working. It was just working terribly mm-hmm. horribly and i kept thinking like like who could, what can i tell this person who you know like I, i'm not the right person to help you with this problem right and and i wish you had someone who could right because for various reasons they couldn't go to their hr person and they couldn't go to their manager right it was a long story but um 
yeah, really. But really, that's what people do. They yeah. go to their friends. You're exactly right. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't know anything, right? I mean, I kind of, I mean, I look, I'm not an idiot, but like I, I tried to help a little bit. But yeah, I wasn't prepared to really, yeah, I don't have seven years of experience working on these kinds of problems with people, right? So uh, it, I certainly couldn't really help them. But the, um, guys, how do you, as you work through the, uh, working with clients and working with folks who are they're connecting to the platform and, and you're pairing them with the, the coaches to, to work through various issues that they have, what kind of um, feedback or mechanisms do, are, you, are, are you using or do you plan to use to kind of track progress? Is it just evaluations from the, the customers? Is, you know, is, it, is it successful resolution? Or is there a feedback loop that closes, I guess is what I say, or, or does, do, do you know how things turned out? Yeah, that, that feedback loop is, is critical for us to um, understand our product and how we're helping people and what's effective or ineffective, and also for communicating value to the organizations that we work uh, with, which we work. So we we look for feedback from employees in a couple of ways. We ask a few questions immediately after their session about, and which is a way of us measuring the quality and the, and the value of the experience and how they're feeling immediately after their session, how much more likely they might be to go forward and tackle this issue. Mm -hmm. And then we log what we call a milestone moment. A lot of the times people, uh, the employees using the platform are preparing for some sort of milestone, a tough conversation with their boss or their performance review that's coming up. And so we want to collect information after the point of that tough conversation and know how it turned out and, and whether Bravely played a role in, in helping um, shape that hopefully positive outcome. So we also have um, a, a system set up to collect that feedback as well. Okay. And in terms of what we report back to the company, we, we're a total black box. We never violate the confidentiality of an employee, uh, the, the individual identity of somebody who's used us or the, or the subject matter of their sessions. But we do present anonymized, de-identified data back to the organization to suggest, you know, how many people are liking it or using it and whether they like it. And then any insights we can give around themes or trends that we're seeing and some of these anonymized, anonymized ROI metrics, you know, suggesting some sort of behavior change or the value that we create in, in delivering these positive outcomes for individuals. So data is, is the name of the game here. And, and, and frankly, even as we think about our own product, right? Like we ask lots of questions every day. Is there a role for a sort of more longitudinal texting relationship with one of our pros? Um, and, and there are some mental health apps that, that offer texting solutions with, with therapists. You know, do we, do we introduce new mechanisms for uh, video chat or, or sharing documents with each other between the pros and, and the employees. There are all sorts of different ways that we can enrich this experience, potentially become less episodic in nature or, or serve additional needs that employees might have or serve additional needs that companies might have on supporting their employees. So all of that data is, is at the core of what we're doing and how we'll make those decisions moving forward. Yeah. That's really interesting, and I, I'm thinking the same thing. It's like because uh, my one of my follow up questions might have been like, are these kind of engagements with an individual employee typically one offs, right? They 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 register an issue or a problem or a challenge that they have. They get connected with a pro. They have the 45 minute session. Is that typically where it ends, or do do folks kind of come back for more help or more more feedback, or is it does it vary? It varies, but 
a little over a fifth of people who use Bravely come back for a second session. Okay. Uh, there is generally some some follow-up via text or, or directly, you know, sort of with the system in the app, again, where we're collecting more information. But generally, one session, four out of five times, covers it. But some of these, sometimes, right, an employee will have a session, they'll go ahead, approach their tough conversation, and then they want to chat once more. Sure. So we're still learning exactly what the, that behavior looks like. Um, but, but we're set up so that an individual, if they do need to come back or they want to come back for another session, they can request the same pro for continuity's sake, which is, is pretty important. Um, and, and we'll learn more over time about how episodic versus longitudinal this might be. Yeah. Hey, I had just two more quick ones, uh, before, before we let you guys go. One would be like, we started at the top of the show talking about, you know, what's been in the news and some of these really just graphic, horrible, terrible kind of workplace behavior things. And I'm, I'm not saying you guys are getting into that, but are there things that come up? Are there, are there topics or, or problems or issues that you guys consider or off limits for, for your pros to help uh, clients with? Is there something that if they mm -hmm. were, to, if they were to hear, Hey, you, you throw up the red flag and say, Hey, that's not, you need to take that issue somewhere else. And, and does that happen? Or yeah. could it happen? So, yeah, if you think about some of the examples that Toby was talking about around EAPs, if someone's experiencing, you know, substance abuse, domestic abuse, something in their personal life, we mm -hmm. would absolutely refer them to, to outside resources where okay. they can get more help. If someone threatens, you know, bodily harm to themselves or someone else or is reporting that, um, you know, that would be an immediate escalation, um, you know, to authorities, even if, if it's a serious uh, instance where, where they're, they're, they seem like they're threatening someone. Um, and then in cases of harassment and discrimination, um, we don't, we take a very different approach um, versus like the typical workplace issues that we've been talking about, like someone needing to have a tough conversation with their boss, address something with their colleague, right. you know, get some coaching around those tough conversations. Like in those cases, like we can give guidance and, and be a little bit more hands-on. When it comes to discrimination and harassment, um, we take a very different approach. Uh, in those instances, we are never going to determine whether someone is being harassed or discriminated against. What we do is offer them, you know, standard definitions around discrimination um, or harassment. We walk them through what their employee handbook um, states in terms of, like, policies and procedures around that, and we help them understand what will happen if they do go forward. Okay. What we've found, um, because we have seen a few of these cases, by no means are these the, the majority. Right. Um, you know, we've seen a few isolated cases. And what we've found is that typically people, even if they have their handbook sitting out in front of them, they need someone else to sort of explain exactly what it means to, you know, they know that if they go to their business, HR business partner or their manager, it's going to immediately activate um, some sort of investigation. And and so it makes sense, right, that they would want to go somewhere else first and just get a real understanding of what's about to happen. And what we've seen in the cases um, at Bravely is that the people that have come to us first end up going forward and talking to their HR business partner. Now, whether or not, you know, that will be the case every time, you know, we I, I have no idea, but our hope is that by getting some more information from us around, like, just, like, the, the facts around what happens within an investigation, um, you know, it'll it'll give them more confidence to go uh, and protect themselves. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I can see how lots of folks in those kinds of circumstances would be really 
nervous. Well, we've seen it all the time, right? Folks don't report these kinds of things or they wait years. And a lot of it is because they're worried or concerned or unaware of what, what might happen. So it does make sense to have at least a third party who understands these processes and understands what's going to happen kind of help that person understand them themselves. I, I, get, I get the value of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, last question, guys, is, is just, you know, what would be just the classic or, or a typical example, you know, anonymized, of course, of, of a, a problem that, that a client would come to, to one of your pros with and, and get solved? Is it just, I can't get along with Mary Sue in the next cubicle? Is it my boss is too hard on me? What would be just a great example of a problem and maybe one that you've had some experience sort of, quote unquote, successfully resolving? Yeah, so um, I will use an example. We'll call her Irene. Um, so, so I had a young lady come in who was um, obviously a female. She was a person of color. Um, she was working in media. She loved her job um, and had had a conversation with her boss nine months earlier about potentially getting um, a promotion and compensation increase. And at the time, she felt like she was absolutely ready. She'd been working incredibly hard over the course of the year before. Um, you know, she, she had a lot of examples of why she felt like she was ready for that promotion. Um, and, you know, her boss said that, that while he recognized, like, all of her efforts, he didn't feel that, that she yet possessed the gravitas or the experience to be promoted to the next level. And so when she came to us, you know, it was nine months after that conversation, um, and her boss had made the promise in that meeting that they would, you know, talk about this um, in the short term, mm-hmm. uh, and it never happened. And so when she came to us, she was already looking for another job. She had another offer. She was ready to walk out the door. But through the session, it came to light that she loved her job. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was adding, it was very clear that she was adding tremendous value um, and she had taken on even more work in the last nine months above and beyond what her job responsibilities were. So we talked a lot about like what she thought her boss's reaction would be. Um, And at the time she was going to go in and approach it as like, I'm going to leave if you don't give me X, Y, and Z. And so what we sort of, the conclusion that we came to was that, you know, Potentially, there had been a hiring freeze within the organization. You know, there were definitely budgetary restrictions that she was aware of. And so we talked about from her boss's perspective that maybe he just didn't have the resources to promote her, and and, and that was what was happening. And it wasn't about necessarily, like, her contribution, right? So um, instead of going in and giving him an ultimatum, we decided to think of it as, as, as we as we structured it around like going in and giving him the gift of this information and really talking to him about how much she loved working for him and how much she loved her job and that she had waited now, you know, a year and a half um, for a promotion that she felt she deserved and highlight all of the things, you know, that she had worked on to get there. Um, but really approach it from a positive standpoint and talk about how committed she was to the organization and to him. Um, and so it completely shifted things. And we role-played because she was quite nervous, um, and she needed, like, that extra boost of confidence. Uh, and, you know, I, she went forward uh, to have this, you know, very tough conversation that she was uh, nervous to have. Sure. And um, we heard back from her almost two weeks later. I can remember the exact spot that, that I was standing. I was with Toby. 
um, and we got a text back to her that said, you know, I spoke to my boss. He was so grateful that I came to him to talk about how I was feeling. You know, he gave me a huge raise. Uh, and a new title, you know, the title that she was looking for. And, and she said, bravely really works, exclamation, exclamation. Nice. And um, so Toby can attest, but I, but I, I think I did cry um, because, you know, this is, first of all, that organization had no idea that uh, bravely was, was behind the scenes helping her mm-hmm. at the time. And because this is during our consumer-facing alpha and um, it was, it, for us, it was just like this moment in time where we thought, like, we've really em- empowered someone to go forward and handle something uh, in a much more um, constructive and positive way, which is exactly what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Yeah, I love that story. That's a, And plus, you know, forgetting the fact that uh, Irene, I think, uh, got what, what she was hoping for. The organization benefited as well, right? I mean, they wouldn't have given her a big raise and a promotion if she wasn't a really valuable member of that team, right? So, and they could have lost her, right? Had had this not happened, right? She would have left, right? So, um, that's a great, the great example. Yeah, it, it saved them a lot of money. Yeah, of course, right? I love it. I love it. So we're ending on a real high, real positive note, which I like as well for the show. So, uh, the website's workbravely.com. Right. So I would encourage folks to check that out. Uh, this is really interesting to me and innovative. I don't know anything, anybody else doing anything quite like this, which is why I wanted to bring it to the HR Happy Hour show. And uh, Toby Sauer, is there anything else you want to mention real quick for folks who want to learn more, and want to get engaged or, or just want to connect with you guys? No, we're, we're always willing to hear from anybody who has questions. Uh, we get a lot of smart people in the industry who are looking to learn more, and we love that. So, you know, please, you know, do find us at workbravely.com and, and reach out. Awesome. Toby, Sarah, thank you so much for uh, joining us uh, on the HR Happy Hour show today. Uh, best of luck with everything. I hope to get a follow-up as well, a text from you guys someday that your appearance on the HR Happy Hour show was valuable and, and worthwhile. And, uh and uh, you, so you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for, for being a part of the show today. Thank you oh, for thank having Thank you so us. much for having us. Awesome. So thanks, uh, Toby and Sarah from Bravely. Again, workbravely.com. Thanks, of course, to our friends Virgin Pulse, sponsoring the show forever, www.virginpulse.com. That's it for me from the HR Happy Hour show. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks from the HR Happy Hour show. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.